Hi, you're listening to Driven E-Commerce at Work, a podcast that brings you conversations with the e-commerce experts on their processes and the lessons learned. And I'm your host, Shiva Kumar, Head of Digital Strategy at DCCAP. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for uh, listening to another episode of uh, Driven E-Commerce at Work. Our uh, guest today is uh, Mark uh, Tamalones, uh, Principal at Warehouse 2 LLC. Warehouse 2 is an inventory sharing solution for manufacturers and then the wholesale distributors. Uh, prior to that, uh, Mark uh, was with Valiant Corporation as a VP of Operations for over 28 years. Welcome to the show, Mark. How are you doing? Doing well. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for um, coming in and then uh, accepting our invitation to be a guest. So how do you, uh, I'm just curious, so you've been in the distribution space and then, uh, so you know how it works. Uh, it was like uh, 30, 35 years, I guess. So how do you, how do you face this pandemic? I mean, how do you overcome this work from home challenge? How do you start your mornings? <clears throat> well, I actually have been working home for the past 12 years and uh, because all of my client contact is via email and phone call, and because we're a small company, uh, it actually has worked out well. Uh, the biggest challenge that I have every day working from home is every hour I stand up from my desk, I walk down to the kitchen and open up the kitchen door to see if anything's changed, and it hasn't. So other than that... <laughs> open up the refrigerator door. Uh, other than that, working from home has been fine for us. Cool. That's, that's good to hear. So I'll, I'll start off with uh, uh, the first question. I mean, so you've been with Valent, right? So, uh, you know, how does the purchasing process happen in the wholesale, you know, distribution industry around then? And uh, so when you were with Valiant, right, so what was that one problem statement that you heard from, you know, the distributors uh, that actually made you to, okay, hey, so let me go ahead and uh, uh, offer something like this. Let me start this company, Warehouse 2. So what, what was the statement? What made you to come here? Actually, I was sitting at a manufacturer's distributor meeting. A man, one of the manufacturers that Valen represented had one of its annual distributor meetings. And other distributors in the room were complaining to the manufacturer that the manufacturer's lead times were unacceptable and that the manufacturer was unwilling to take back slow moving or surplus inventory. And the distributors in the room demanded some sort of tool so that they could see each other's inventory. They could help each other out. Well, the manufacturer is not a software creator. The manufacturer machines metal. And so I knew that they weren't going to create a solution. So I raised my hand. I offered to create a software solution so that all the distributors could see each other's inventory. Simple concept. Uh, living in Silicon Valley, and this was 2005, and there were plenty of boutique web developers available. So I just had somebody create it in about six weeks and, and launched it two weeks later. And uh, it's been live since uh, August of 2005. Okay. Okay. That's good to hear. So, uh, when did this inventory 
sharing uh, concept actually came and uh, I'm just trying to understand because, you know, uh, up until now, because, you know, uh, maybe it could be a shame for me. But yeah, so uh, I just want to understand when did this inventory sharing concept uh, really came into the industry? Was that somewhere around like 2000 or earlier than that? Decades ago, the automobile industry provided infrastructure to allow its dealers to see each other's cars on their lots. You think about it, 40 years ago, you could have gone to a Ford dealer, and if you wanted a Ford Mustang, and the, your local dealer didn't have it, that dealer could look and see what Ford Mustangs were sitting in the lots of other dealers in the same metropolitan area. The concept of inventory sharing is not new. It's decades old. In the instance of the automobile industry, the infrastructure was provided by billion-dollar automobile manufacturers provided the software or the computer system to be able to do that. That's all pre-internet. What changed and what allows Warehouse to exist, to exist is the internet and PCs and simple software. Warehouse 2 is not the first service that I'm aware of uh, that provides inventory sharing. There was a precursor in the late 1990s, again, with the creation of the internet. Uh, and that system was actually purchased by IBM, and IBM ran it for a couple of years, and then uh, IBM shut it down about 2010. So Warehouse 2 has most of the clients that were on that service. Uh, creating the software is easy. Getting a group of distributors to collaborate is very difficult. Uh, so um, yeah. the concept of inventory sharing is, is very easy. Uh, let me give you a few other examples of the basics of inventory sharing. Think about Netflix. I assume you're familiar with Netflix. It defeated Blockbuster, which was the big local video rental chain in the United States. At each of those blockbuster stores, you had a limited selection of, D of DVDs or, or video cassettes. No blockbuster store could hold everything. Netflix changed that. They built one big warehouse in Northern California and put every DVD in it and could ship it via mail for the cost of, of first class mail. So essentially what Netflix did is Netflix really combined all of the inventory that would have been sitting in multiple blockbusters into one warehouse. What inventory sharing does is it virtually creates one pile of inventory, but the inventory is owned by the participating distributors. What Netflix was able to do was able to help you get in one or two days some obscure DVD that you wanted that your local blockbuster store would never have had in stock. What Warehouse 2 allows is its members to have anything to be able to ship in two days, even though that item is not sitting at that distributor's warehouse when he gets the order. I assume you're familiar with the concept of the long tail. If you take a selection of products and there are the popular products, the products that are sold over and over again, and then there's all those products that you sell very little of, Inventory sharing helps address that long tail of lots of different parts, not much demand for any of them. So all what we do is we help, their, we help our subscribers act as if they own all the inventory in the channel. 
So one thing that I really like about uh, you know the solution is uh, you don't really have to manage anything you know within within the warehouse or whatever it is, right? So especially if you are looking to sell across the country and at the same time sell across the world. And it's 2020. You don't have to sit and you know concept, focus uh, more on just on your your territory, right? So you have to see how you can broaden your uh, sales as well, right? Are there any specific person like how many distributors are currently uh, running this model? Are there any specific person? I'm sorry. The question again: You're saying how many? Yeah, I mean, what percent of the distributors are currently, I mean, uh, using the inventory sharing solution or maybe, you know, they're kind of like aware of this, but uh, ideally, uh, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, the larger distributors may not be interested in doing um, that. Actually, our client base includes small, one location mom and pop distributors and multi-billion dollar national distributors. So we have distributors of all size. Because distributors of all size have the same problem. Their customer wants something now, and they don't have it in stock. The job disciplines that typically use our system are customer service, inside sales, purchasing, and outside sales. So imagine an outside salesperson in front of his customer, and the customer says, I need this tomorrow. Can you get it? And that outside field salesperson can look on his phone, check his own company's inventory, and check the inventory owned by peer distributors throughout the country, and he can say yes to that customer right there in front of the customer. That's the power of inventory sharing for a field salesperson. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So how does this actually work? I mean, how does this uh, inventory sharing model actually work? So is this more like sharing uh, the warehouse space, or is this more like sharing the inventory of the products, actually? Essentially, we are a database in the cloud. We have nothing, despite our name, we have nothing to do with warehouse space. We don't own any inventory. We don't have a building. Uh, the name derives from the concept that our service basically is everybody's second warehouse. It's their warehouse number two. But it's a virtual warehouse, hence the name warehouse two. It's everybody's second warehouse. But we are, what our business model is, is we, are, we host multiple databases in the cloud. And those databases are populated by our subscribers. So how it works is, depending on the sophistication of the distributor, the distributor either pushes a flat data file to us every night automatically, or they manually upload an Excel spreadsheet. The beauty of inventory sharing is the data does not have to be real time. Inventory sharing is about slow-moving products, and they don't sell every day by the nature of them being slow-moving products. So if you upload data to us every night, every 24 hours is good enough. So distributors upload their data to our database, and then they can access the database either through a browser or within their ERP system. The secret to inventory sharing is not what software system you use, it's what products you sell. And so our system allows customers who sell the same product, regardless of their ERP system, regardless of their e-commerce system, if they can create a flat data file or an Excel spreadsheet, they can populate our database. Good, good. So since you talked about the cloud, uh, one thing that, uh, I mean, as a consumer, uh, I wanted to understand is, so can you tell us a little bit about how does the search in Warehouse 2 actually works? I mean, how does it uh, seamlessly connect everyone? Like you said, the partner distributors and other things. 
First, understand that we are a wholesaler solution only. We are not available to the buying public. Uh, you have to be a distributor of a particular brand of product to participate in that brand's community in our system. How it works on a day-to-day -day basis, it depends on how sophisticated the distributor is. Most of our clients open up a web browser, log into our website, search for the part, see who has the item that they need, and then they contact the seller. No transactions take place through our system. We are simply a matchmaker between a buyer and a seller who happen to be wholesaler distributors of the same brand of product. The more sophisticated clients of ours actually import the data from our system, import it into their ERP systems, and then in their order entry screens, they can type in a part number, see if they have it in stock, and then the screen also shows if another Warehouse 2 member has it in stock. And a couple of mouse clicks, they can create a purchase order to that other distributor. Okay, okay, that's good. And is this only for uh, the durable goods or it works both for the durable and then the non-durable uh, goods? Because the reason why I'm asking is, uh, I'm just trying to understand if it works for the food distribution industry uh, as well. Very good question. This really practically only works for durable goods because slow moving items are sitting on distributor shelves for weeks, if not months. They have to have a shelf life. Produce doesn't have a shelf life. Uh, and, and so yeah. dur uh, non-durable goods have different supply chain challenges. Durable goods have the challenge that they cannot possibly own everything in the catalog, but they might get an order for something tomorrow that they've never sold before. And that item might be have sitting on a distributor shelf that's been sitting there for four months, but it's still brand new, it's still under warranty, and he can sell it. So our system works for durable goods. Okay, okay. And what kind of industries can actually uh, sign up? Uh, like, I mean, uh, how, what kind of industries do you currently have in the community, uh, uh, especially on the B2B distribution space? We currently serve about 14 different industries. Our largest industry is fluid, uh, fluid power and motion control, hose, fittings, uh, gear pumps, uh, cylinders, things that are used for industrial motion control. They're engineered products, they're durable goods, lots of different part numbers, and the manufacturer doesn't stock much. So that's our biggest market. But we also serve smaller markets, uh, other industrial controls. Uh, we actually have a community of, of uh, kitchen components, faucets and sinks. We also have a community for vinyl fabric where the manufacturer makes 40-yard rolls of fabric and sells it at 40 yards, but sometimes the distributor's customer only needs five yards. So he buys the five yards from another distributor who already owns the 40-yard roll. So we bring, uh, inventory sharing brings efficiency to a distributor channel. Okay, okay. So while we're talking about this, I, I actually wanted to understand more about uh, uh, the warehouse automation as well, since you've been into this. So can you tell us uh, about your thoughts on, you know, what are some of the challenges a normal size distributor is currently facing over there? Uh, uh, I'm going to go back to my, yeah, I'm going to go back to my experience with, with my, my previous life working for an industrial distributor in California. Uh, warehouse, management, running the warehouse, 
the best thing that we did was we put in a uh, wireless computer-directed warehousing system. And I would strongly recommend putting in a directed warehouse system. This goes back 15, 20 years. I don't have any experience in robots. I question the validity of robots for a small distributor. But software and handheld barcode scanners, amazing improvement in managing a warehouse, both the efficiency and the accuracy. So I would, we had great experience with that. Uh, I would strongly recommend that. I'll give you two examples of how automating one's warehouse, again, with uh, software controlled, uh, bin locations and barcode scanners, two examples of how that improved our business. We had multiple warehouses. One of them, we had the computers controlled system and one of them was totally manual. The accuracy of the computer controlled warehouse was 100 times the accuracy of the manual warehouse, 100 times. Another example is when we had a manual warehouse, we had a full-time employee that managed cycle counts. He would come up with a list of parts to count every week. He wouldn't count them. The warehouse, to, the warehouse people would count them. His whole job, full-time job, was coming up with lists of parts to count. When we put in our computer-controlled warehouse management system, we replaced that position with a poster on the wall that showed what range of bins to count. It was a $70 poster printed out at a print shop, replaced a full-time employee. That's the power of warehouse control system. Good, that's good to hear. So what are your uh, thoughts on uh, the Amazon? So based on uh, the past three years, uh, maybe uh, their growth and the b 2 space. So do you think they're contributing to, to the distribution community or how do you see that? I laugh at how industrial distribution industry seems to be so afraid of Amazon.com. So fear Amazon.com. But I think they're getting it wrong. I don't think Amazon.com is going to take every distributor's business away. I don't think that's the problem. This is the problem. Amazon.com, let me take a step back. I bet every distributor's customer has purchased something from Amazon.com. In the United States, every client has bought something, even if it's for his personal reasons. Everybody has experience with Amazon.com. And what Amazon has, caught, has taught every customer in the United States, North America, is that every product should be available to ship today. That's the biggest impact of Amazon. Everything a distributor sells should be available to ship today because that's what Amazon does. Inventory sharing helps a distributor do that. So I don't think distributors should try to compete head-to-head -head against Amazon. I think distributors should act like Amazon. If you go to the Amazon.com website and search for an item, Amazon doesn't sell everything on their site. They don't own everything on their site. They have third-party providers that are fulfilling the order. That's like inventory sharing. You go to Amazon because they have everything. Well, they don't have everything today. Somebody else has it, but they know who has it. That's what Warehouse 2 does 
for distributor networks. We allow our clients to act like Amazon. Everything's available to ship tomorrow. Okay, okay. So I think you already answered uh, my next question was something related to that. Uh, I mean, so how do you how do you uh, see, you know, uh, okay, so as a B2B distributor, do you want me to sell both on Amazon, I mean, on the B2B marketplaces and at the same time, uh, concentrating on my own e-commerce store as well? So at what percentage uh, do you actually recommend that? What I recommend is a distributor who's trying to have an e-commerce site. I would recommend the that e-commerce site show two quantities of inventory for a part number. For a part number, have the e-commerce site show how many that distributor has in stock. And then show how many are available in the channel by participating in inventory sharing. Change the e-commerce site so it looks like the distributor has more inventory. What I can ship today, what I can ship in two days. And the quantity that I can ship in two days, I don't own that. I won't tell you I won't own that. I can tell you I can get it. And I know the three other distributors who have it because I'm participating in inventory sharing. Having said that, if I were a distributor, depending on the product, I would not try to sell an Amazon website. I believe that Amazon is simply gathering data to figure out what to private label and put you out of business. Products that I used to be able to buy from Amazon that had brand names, now there's only an Amazon brand name. And Amazon, I believe, will continue to identify opportunities and come up with private label products and put distribution out of business. So personally, I wouldn't cooperate with Amazon at all. I would try to emulate Amazon. Okay, okay. okay. So uh, you've been with uh, Valin for quite a while, almost like two decades, I guess. So can you tell us about uh, your role in Valin, uh, the inspiration from there? I mean, what made you to start uh, the launch uh, of Warehouse 2? Same time, so it was like a couple of years ago, right? At least like 20 years ago. Uh, was there any specific challenges uh, you learned from the Valin uh, that you wanted to tell the distribution community right now? Uh, this was one of the mistakes that we made in the past and then maybe you can learn from that uh, and you know uh, implement that in 20 in a better way uh, if you look at a distributor's assets the two largest assets of a of a distributor are their accounts receivable and inventory who does a distributor put in charge of the accounts receivable a very highly paid CFO who do distributors put in charge of inventory? Often, not someone nearly as well-paid or well-trained or well-educated. My advice is put somebody as smart, as talented, and as well-paid in charge of inventory as you do in charge of finances. And then take the ability to purchase something away from the field sales staff and then put in a controlled operated warehouse that has all of your inventory stored randomly so that no field salesperson knows how to find anything in the warehouse. That's my advice. And that's what I learned from working at Valen. Okay? Put somebody smart in charge of inventory, 
mix up the inventory in the warehouse so a field salesperson can't see it and take the power of purchasing away from sales. Okay, okay, good. So you've been uh, in the distribution space for quite a while, uh, and uh, I believe that you know one of the good thing that's happening right now is uh, during this tough time, uh, at least like uh, a good amount of B two B distributors are actually moving to you know online, even if it wasn't there maybe a couple of years ago. So this they are using the situation and they are trying to experiment a couple of things as well, and I think it's really working out uh, through the past five six months, and that's what we're seeing. So when you think of digital transformation, uh, what's the three three things uh, that you want the distribution distributors to go and implement it right now? And uh, so that can actually help them to uh, come up with a better, you know, Q1 or Q2 in 2021. Three things. As it relates to e-commerce. Yeah. I think a distributor should recognize who its potential audience is for its e-commerce website. First and foremost, it should focus on its existing clients. Uh, Back at Valen, we launched our first e-commerce site in 1998. We were one of the first industrial distributors to have a fully functional, fully integrated e-commerce website. And uh, I think we made the mistake of not focusing on our existing clients. So the first thing I would say is exist on your, focus on your existing clients, give them reason to use your website. I am of the opinion the concept of building a, an e-commerce site and expecting complete strangers around the world to come find you and buy from you with a valid credit card and a valid shipping address, I think that's an unrealistic expectation. Uh, if you're trying to find that, that unknown client, it all comes down to price. And distributors are taught don't sell on price certainly the distributors who sell more sophisticated products. So my advice is focus on your existing customers, make it easier to use your e-commerce site. That's the first thing. Focus, focus on existing clients. Second, ask existing clients what they want. Do the surveys, do the panels, do the research, find out what your local clients want and then build it for them. Uh, third advice, I would not use pricing to drive clients to change their behavior. That's a slippery slope. <laughs> That's a slippery slope. Okay, okay. So this is not for distributors, I would say, at that point. So, I mean, any, any business can actually take it. It doesn't matter you're in B2C or... You know, even in other B2B agencies as well. So I would accept that. And for the listeners, uh, uh, I'll just provide the link to your website, warehouse2.com. Uh, where else do you want the listeners to go, uh, Mark? And uh, do you want to give them some links? And can you uh, give us a brief uh, about, let's say, if we didn't cover anything else, uh, for, for the B2B distributors to go ahead and visit your website and then uh, sign up for the community? Can you tell us a quick um, brief about it? Again, the URL of our homepage is www.warehouse2, and the two is spelled out, T-W-O.com, warehouse2.com. On our homepage, there's a link so you can see the list of communities. 
there are two links to videos. There's a 90 second video and a 15 minute video. If you watch those two videos, you will learn pretty much everything you need to know about our service and the concept of inventory sharing. If you'd like to, to learn more about us or you'd like to uh, subscribe to our system, there are, there's contact information at our website. Uh, you can send us an email. You can send us a message at our website. You can call us. We're based in California, West Coast time, and we'd be happy to hear from you. Okay, perfect. And I, I think you covered uh, the industries, like what industries uh, you're currently doing. And are there any limitations on uh, the size of the distributors? Uh, so are you're open to both uh, the small scale, medium scale, and then the enterprise distributors as well, right? Successful communities have distributors of all size of all sizes, big and little. It doesn't matter how big you are. All it matters is do you own inventory and are you getting orders for items you don't have in stock? If you're a distributor that has inventory and you're getting orders for things you don't have in stock, inventory sharing can help you. Okay, perfect. And I think like you said, so inventory sharing is not for the small scale players. It's, it's, it's for uh, the large scale no, players as no, well, no, if you're in the B2B it, distribution. But it's also for small distributors. It, it, again, we, we have clients of all sizes. We can handle the small distributor because the small distributor has inventory and gets orders for things he doesn't have in stock. Yeah, I mean, as long as you are, you, you are in B2B business and then you want more sales, so this is this definitely helps you to increase the sale or dar double down the sale, right? Inventory yeah. share. We have clients don't even have websites, <laughs> let, let, let alone e-commerce site. We have, this, there are distributors out there who don't have websites. They have field salespeople. Um, so, and, and they are good, busy clients at our service. So we can help distributors of any size. Okay. It doesn't matter how big you are, it matters what you sell. And how do, how do they uh, manage the sale right now? So one last quick question, since you talked about it, uh, let's say if they don't have the e-commerce. Uh, our system, oh, how, how do those distributors manage the sale? Phone calls, email, and are you sitting down? Fax. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, phone calls, mailing in the orders, email, and, and sending a fax. Okay, and do they, uh, they, they still have this typical ERP system and then the CRM system to manage the backend? Typically, yes. Uh, some of them, uh, large systems, small systems, simple systems, custom systems, paper systems. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Perfect. Uh, thank you so much uh, for your time and uh, thanks for doing nice the show. Nice meeting you. Thank you, Shiva. Stay, stay safe out there. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we should definitely do a demo sometime, maybe in the next couple of weeks and uh, next weeks. And you should walk us through how Whereas2 works. Uh, so maybe I think that will give a brief idea about uh, your system for the distributors. I'd be happy to do that. Let me know. Okay. Cool. Yeah, for sure, Mark. Take care. Thank you. Bye now. Okay. Perfect, Mark. Thanks for tuning in. The topics we've covered in this episode are listed under show links on the podcast description. Go check them out and don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you keep getting notifications every Friday. Catch you guys very soon in the next episode. Until then, take care.